Hi everyone, welcome to the second episode of Sinological Small Talks. We are closer to the beginning of the 2021 summer program. Have you already applied? Come on, time's running out. Today with me are Mr. Henry Wong and Mr. Robert Parker. They will sure give us a very diverse view of Chinese philosophy. Our founder and chairwoman, Dr. Elizabeth Wu Di, is also joining us today. I'm sure she will ask them some questions too. I am glad to present you, Mr. Henry Wang. Hi, Henry. How are you? I'm Henry Wang from uh, Hong Kong. I'm uh, an international author, advisor, and speaker. I was uh, director of Shell and then the advisor to the Saudi royal family and director of uh, Saudi basic industry. And now I'm president and CEO of uh, my own company, Gate International in Hong Kong. I uh, basically advise uh, international companies and leading universities and also international organizations on the global developments. I'm very glad to be invited to advise the uh, G20 leaders and B20 international CEOs. And uh, I've published five books and also over 100 papers and speeches globally. So also I'm very glad that uh, I'm uh, being invited to to join with uh, Ali, the uh, London University School of Oriental and Asian Studies uh, advisory board, which we both uh, serve on. And, uh, and so very glad to be here and to support Ali and yourself and her good work with the foundation. Uh, well, Mr. Wang, Thanks for being here with us. Uh, the first question is, what do you think uh, were the greatest contributions of Chinese classics to humankind? Thank you. Well, I think uh, Chinese classic is uh, very important and uh, has a big impact on the, how I have managed and deal with businesses uh, in different countries globally with different international leaders and CEOs. Uh, one of the uh, Chinese classics that, uh, that has been very important for my work globally is the Art of War by Sun Zi. Yeah. A very good example is that uh, when I was a director for Shell, my chairman asked me to lead the negotiation for one of our biggest multi-billion projects in China. And uh, I have applied many of the uh, strategies in Sun Ji's book, The Art of War, in my negotiations with different partners in China and also globally. And I always very impressed, although the book was written 2,000, 3,000 years ago, 
the thinking and the strategic aspects are still very relevant today. And I've applied many of those in real life international negotiations of multi-million dollar projects and, and achieve very good results. So I, I would say that this is a very important work. And I'm uh, glad that this I to hear recently when I was speaking, invited to speak in America, that uh, American business schools have also been using this book extensively in their negotiation course to teach international executives and MBAs on advanced negotiations. So I think that's a good example of how important Chinese classic is to the world and also modern business world and modern business dealing. Your, your answer is revealing because um, we might hear regularly that there are huge differences between the way uh, the West uh, and the East, uh, to call it like a very general uh, classification, the, the West and the East uh, do business, right? I'm, I'm thrilled with the topic of business, uh, Mr. Wang. Um, can, you, can you offer us some deeper, some deeper knowledge about um, how Western businesses are applying classics teachings in the way they negotiate, for example? Yeah, I think, uh, well, I think the, this, the, the international negotiators uh, are actually using different approaches in negotiation. I think particularly now with international negotiations, particularly like the very difficult negotiations between US and China and between other different countries, I think it is very important that uh, the negotiators understand the cultural background of each other, because this will then help them to plan out their negotiation strategies and uh, be able to achieve good results. And in many ways, I think the, you know, the Chinese teachings and philosophies that is summarized in Sun Tzu's The Art of War and also by Confucius, the Confucius and Taoist thinking, which again was formulated you know, two, three thousand years ago when we say the road of the middle or win-win are really approaches so that you know each party, all the parties, the East and West can work together and cooperate, are actually still as relevant today. And, and a good example is really, you know, uh, like in Harvard University, when I was discussing with them and things like this, Harvard has a very famous, internationally famous program on negotiation, P-O-N, 
when many international negotiators and CEOs are trained. And one of the most famous technique, negotiation technique, to resolve very, very difficult negotiation positions between different parties is called a golden bridge approach. When really, you know, when two parties have completely different positions that are difficult to reconcile, then they, these top negotiators are taught how to use the golden bridge technique. But when you analyze these by Harvard to so as to achieve the international results, and you, you can see this is being applied by US negotiators and international negotiators in sensitive international negotiations. But when you analyze this technique, it's very similar in, and they are very similar in the thinking and approaches that has been given or said 2,000, 3,000 years ago by Confucius and Taoism and Sunzi, where we have to find the middle way, when we have to find a common way, when it has to be tinyan hapyat, you know, when the heaven and the earth comes together, the heaven and the humans have to work together to find the right solutions. So you can see that the, the thinking and the philosophy that are developed by these Chinese philosophers, scholars and philosophers are still very relevant today, but maybe they are, have given different names like Golden Bridge or by leading universities and leading thinkers around the world and thought leaders. But when you analyze and strip away the packaging and the modern management thinking, you can see the ancient Chinese philosophies and the modern Western and Eastern management thinking. There are many similarities and synergies. So I, I found that fascinating in the work that I'm doing with uh, international thought leaders. It is also today with us, Mr. Robert Parker. He is a PhD student and a senior tutor at the University College Cork in Ireland. Hi, Robert. First things first, what brought you into Chinese classics? When was it uh, that you decided to become a specialist in classics? Uh, well, first of all, I'm not a specialist in classics, um, but I do have an interest in Chinese philosophy in general, and um, it, how I came into it is partly accidental. Uh, my main interest in returning to study after I retired was in philosophy in general and more Western philosophy. But I, when, uh, as part of my master's program, I had to take various modules, and one of them was uh, a module in Chinese philosophy. And the teacher of that um, was got me so interested in it that I started uh, to take more interest in Chinese philosophy. Um, so I then started to incorporate some ideas from Chinese philosophy into my own study. 
So I'm not a, um, a specialist, as you say, in that area, but I am interested in it. And I also became interested in China more generally. Can I just ask what uh, is the specific aspect that got you so interested to go further and deeper? Well, initially, um, the teacher I had, the lecturer was, um, his name is Hans Gerd Muller, a German, who I think is now teaching in Macau. Um, and he'd written uh, books mainly on Taoist philosophy. So I suppose maybe Taoism was the first introduction. That was his uh, enthusiasm, but he, he did teach more generally on uh, Chinese philosophy overall. Um, I also um, became friendly as, with a, a student from China who was studying for a PhD in Cork in my university. And um, so uh, he also uh, introduced me to a lot of ideas. He was doing a comparison with uh, Chinese philosophy and Kant. Uh, and I helped him to um, uh, I, re I read a lot of his what he was writing on 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 that comparison. Uh, studying the past helps us to have a better understanding of the present. Uh, do you agree with that belief? In which way uh, the classics uh, of Chinese literature helps us to do that? Uh, yes, I suppose. I mean, my interest in Chinese philosophy is. I mean, came after my interest in, in China, maybe more generally, uh, and in obviously China is one of the is the, or the rising power, or the second power in the world, and uh, obviously um, it, it's somewhere that person in the West wants to know more about. Um, I so. I had this general interest in, in what was going on in China. Um, but to really understand what's going on in China, you need to know um, the history and the philosophy and, and where people are coming from, why, what, how, how they understand the world, which it seemed, um, is quite different in some ways from how we understand the world in the West. Um, but in other ways, we're all human beings and a lot of the concerns we have are, are going to be in common. So I think studying the Chinese philosophy and Chinese classics gives you a, a way of coming to understand uh, where Chinese people are coming from, what their worries are, what their uh, goals are, what their, how they see the world, um, and helps us to um, uh, better um, understand one another, I suppose. Your background in phenomenology and Heidegger and his interest in Taoism, uh, do you think there is a connection between uh, the development of phenomenology and Taoist influence uh, in in, in the work that you have come across? Yes, I 
don't know enough about that in detail to say very much. I, I am aware that that, um, yeah, that certain philosophy Heidegger in trouble was interested in. Not necessarily yeah. Heidegger, it could be other phenomenologists yeah. like even Milaponte or whoever. They always yeah. seem to have some kind of Bauer's influence on them. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm not sure. I'm not uh, really uh, don't know their work in enough detail to, to say anything definite about that. The way I um, approach it from the, how I see kind of connections between my work and what they are, what and Chinese philosophy as well, is um, my own interest in phenomenology and, and philosophy of the self is very much, um, phenomenology is very much kind of a first person basis and, and with a, a, a notion of the a Western, particularly Western notion maybe of the self, uh, whereas Chinese philosophy um, has ideas that seem to, uh, at least on the surface, seem to uh, challenge that in, in the Confucian idea of the relational self or in Buddhist no-self views. So um, initially I started looking at these as, as kind of a, as a contrast to what I was doing. Um, but looking at more deeply, I think there, there are ways in which these can be understood as not in conflict, but in, in talking about different aspects and, and it's not um, um, looking at it from different points of views gives you a, a broader um, picture overall. So I don't, um, that's the way I uh, can see my um, work uh, has been developed by looking at Chinese philosophy, give me a different perspective from what I was doing um, initially, I thought maybe in conflict, but maybe when you understand it a bit deeper, there, there's uh, common themes and common ways that um, they're not ultimately in conflict. Thanks to both of you for your kind answers. It's time now to a last question about the 2021 summer program. I will start with Robert. Many of our, of our listeners are willing to participate in our upcoming summer program. Um, what can you say to them? Why they should apply and participate in our 2021 summer program? Okay, well, uh, I had the uh, luck and honor to participate in uh, 2019. Um, that was the last occasion on which, so far on which there was a, a in-person uh, summer program. On, uh, obviously last year and this year is going to be online, um, which has advantages and disadvantages. Obviously the, the advantage that we had it was actually being in Hong Kong and Beijing and Yunnan, uh, which was a, a wonderful experience. Uh, but at the same time, the uh, content of lectures and, and is, is the main focus of the summer school and this uh, the range of um, lectures that um, has been put together over the years, and I presume this year again, 
is very impressive and the, the uh, lectures are, are um, well worth um, paying close attention to for everyone. Um, so I, the, um, as well as the lectures, then um, the workshops will help people to um, get a some other background information on, on the thing and, and give them a chance to interact and ask questions. Uh, so overall, I, I, it's an excellent uh, program and I would encourage anyone who has any interest in China, uh, even if not philosophy, uh, to participate and they will um, be well rewarded by the overall experience. You mentioned the, the importance the relevance of Chinese classics in, in modern business, in modern negotiation. And you know that here at Synological Development Charitable Foundation, we are doing a great effort to, to bring closer Chinese studies to everyone. As our, our leader Elizabeth says, Chinese studies, Chinese philosophy is for everyone. So what can you say to our potential participants of the upcoming 2021 summer program in order to, to motivate them to apply? Well, yes, I think uh, I think the work that Ali and yourselves are doing in the foundation is very, very important. And I, I appreciate Ali sharing her good work with me and also inviting me to meet some of you. I remember meeting some of you before the COVID pandemic when, when you had the last program in the American club in Hong Kong. You know, I, I, I actually was interesting to, to see so many talents from around the world. I remember meeting people from the Middle East, from. Europe, from America, from Latin America, you know, coming all over the world to, to China and Hong Kong to do the study. I think that's very important. And, and, and like I said, I think, although, and really, I think it is very important understanding Chinese culture, Chinese history of thinking developed thousands of years ago, will give you a very foundation to understand the modern world and the modern business world and also the modern geopolitical developments. I think if, if like you know, many great leaders have said, to be a leader, you must understand and study history. And to understand the lessons of the past will help you to solve the lessons of today or the problems of today. So I, I think, you know, participating and applying for the summer program will be a great uh, way to understand the history and the thinking and, and the ancient philosophies. And I'm, I'm sure, I know how much work Ellie and her team has put into it. So I think it will be a great program. And I think I, I those who are successful will really learn a lot. And this will help you to apply to the modern business program and geopolitical programs and, and many ways of life. So I wish you all success. Thank you. Thank you, Henry and Robert. 
Hope to meet you again at another small talk anytime. It's time to say goodbye. Hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. Remember to apply to the 2021 summer program. We are waiting for you. See you next time at Small Talks. But before leaving, remember, philosophy is for everyone. Bye bye.